Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Roleplay Retcon does not own any part of the original versions of movies we retcon, nor are we associated with the artists who make them. And let me level with you guys. Sometimes we're going to say dirty words in this podcast, and that's okay. And maybe you don't want your kids to hear that, and that's okay too. But you as a parent get to make that decision on what they listen to and don't listen to. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. A man who has to falsify Can't look the truth right in the eye His call for help is a pathetic cry His deck's a few cards shy Welcome to Roleplay Retcon. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, um, also if you're not a first-time listener, I guess. Um, <laughs> if you're not a first-time listener, you're not welcome. <laughs> you're not welcome. Please go away. Start. Try again. Another day. Um, this is. Um, this is. These are kind of a weird episode. It's not our usual stick. Uh, we call these writers' room episodes, which is R I G H T, which is very clever. Uh, we always have a guests for writers' room, and this is unprecedented because we have two guests today. This we have today double the we fun. Have, uh, yeah, double the fun. We have Adrian and Pete from uh, the podcast Big Meeting. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Pete. How you doing? Hi. Really great. Thanks. Uh, tell us a little bit about Big Meeting. Uh, okay, so Big Meeting is a um, a podcast where Adrian and I take our very um, very carefully constructed movie ideas. Uh, movie pitches to actors and screenwriters and directors and they tell us what they think and it seems that most people think that our ideas are really really terrible but uh but we keep going anyway and we and we and we see what happens that's right we we we're not quite sure why the ideas aren't really sticking because we've had you know award-winning screenwriters and directors and producers and actors and Every time we manage to secure a meeting with them, we, we pitch them these ideas, we really think about them really hard, and we know they're good ideas. But uh, yeah, it's been quite a while now, and uh, no luck yet, but um, we keep going. We put all the good stuff in there, like ninjas and crystals and interdimensional space travel and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but no one seems to really uh, really go for it. Yeah, I think we need more ninjas, to more be honest. Ninjas. You know, I was really impressed. I, I think it was your... Was it John Cena dressed as a bee? Oh, yeah. Yes. That was yes. probably my Thank favorite thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it, it's a pretty scary concept. It's a scary concept, and it was great, and I want to I see it on the big screen one day. But I doesn't think he look a bit like a bee? He's a little bit like he's been stung by bees, probably several. Yeah. Oh, that's why he's I mean, so swole. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the idea is still out there. It still hasn't been sold. So if you guys are interested, you know, we'd be happy to have a, have a chat. When we hit it big... Maybe we'll remake it. We 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 are poor and unsuccessful. Oh well, well for now. Uh, for, for now, now. <laughs> we think it's probably would need I mean, for that one specifically. We were thinking sort of three hundred and fifty mil kind of budget. So yeah, I mean I you know, need maybe, it for the bees you know some people or yeah, just for the for the bee training for the bee actually, training specifically. Yeah, <laughs> one one of my favorite pitches, and this one didn't really get fleshed out by you guys, which made me kind of sad. Recycled vampires. Honestly, that one just, I was like, I'm sold on this one. Vampires are so hot, you know? Right now, especially with the the Twilight Renaissance, they're super hot these days. Yeah. Well, actually, that one was one of Pete's. So I don't know, Pete, if you'd like to just go into a little tiny bit more detail on that one. Do you ever have a sensation where where something just comes into your head and you know it needs to be real, but no one's ever said those two words together before? 
Uh, that's basically what happened with that. And I think that the, uh, the really the film would be about um, us understanding what what a recycled vampire could ever be. You know, this is this is a, a whole new genre. It's a real rich territory for uh, for creative expression. Starring who? Starring who? Starring who? Uh, starring um, uh, starring Michael Caine. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. You yeah. reached into your A-list bag for that one. <laughs> as as starring Michael Caine as the recyclist. I think perhaps he maybe he's making vampires. He's kind of working at a recycling plant and he realizes that people are throwing away into their recycling bins exactly the ingredients needed to create the, a vampire according to his mm, Arcanian mm. codex. I think I'm there's some in. work to do. There's some work to do on this one, isn't there? But we'll uh, we'll get oh, there. There's minor tweaks. We could use your help, guys. We need we need help with something. Um, okay. Yeah. No, normally our stick is that we spend like three, you know, two or three months uh, uh, remaking a movie using tabletop RPGs and our own brilliant minds. And um, but but every once in a while we find a movie that we want to re, like kind of retool, but we don't want to spend three months on it. And one of those movies is the 2004 movie Envy, uh, starring Jack Black and Ben Stiller, Amy Poehler, and Rachel Weisz, uh, and directed by Baron Levinson, who also directed a lot of great movies like Rain Man and uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, but Envy is not one of those movies. Um, I felt like what it really needed was a better pitch than what it has. Um, I thought that you guys would would come in, come in good here. Uh. Well, it's funny you say that because when we uh, when when well when I uh, loaded this up on um, on Amazon, I think it was the uh, the the little um, log line that I had for the film. It read like one of our pitches. Uh, you know, uh, Ben Stiller is envious of someone at work, and then suddenly he kills a horse, and then and you're reading it just thinking, did someone like did someone I don't know. Have a stroke, and then the last sentence is, and, then, yeah. and also starring Christopher Walken. Yeah. It's like what? What? Yeah, where'd that come from? It's just—it's almost like two kind of there. Yeah, well, but he was, wasn't he? But it's almost like two completely different movies were just uh, accidentally kind of stuck together um, in that in that one um, explanation, which is why we love it as a, um, a, a as a pitch. Yeah, and the actual movie is probably at least three or four movies stuck together quite badly as well. I. Uh, I think I think a good way we usually start these out is just asking everyone like their general impression, like because we'll surprise ourselves sometimes, and usually Alex will be like, "Well, I love this movie, and all of you are jerks," you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it happens. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, like Adrian and Pete, like, did you like this movie or did you not like this movie? I well, I would get, you, you you go first, and let's see what you think because we actually we've we've talked about this a little bit, but um, yeah, let's let's hear your thoughts. So the opening sequence of this movie kind of made me feel sick and it was pretty much downhill from there. Um, I actually genuinely had to watch the last 20 minutes or so twice because I think my brain actually switched <laughs> off the first time and I honestly couldn't really remember what happened because it just sort of, my brain had given up. And I think that the uh, the entire uh, cast and crew had also given up by that stage. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yep, I mean, I'm pretty much uh, everything you said. Uh, I would. Do you want to? I've, I've got. I've written. I've wrote, I wrote some some things down just because I really felt like I needed to almost journal this because it was such a harrowing experience. So I'm just going to read you. I'm going to read you the few lines I wrote as my kind of review. Uh, this film is the definition of less than the sum of its parts. The whole thing is exposition. It's boring. It's meaningless. It's the height of naughty's arrogant, big budget gibberish. And worst of all, it's not funny. Uh, every line is written as though it was the first draft and delivered as though it's the first time they said it. And overall, this movie contributes nothing to the great canon of human cultural endeavor and the environmental cost of storing and digitally distributing it is not morally justifiable. Yeah, light them so up. So five stars. Yeah. The end. Five stars. <laughs> five stars. Out of 12,000. I actually thought yeah. maybe you were pranking us by asking us to watch mm. this movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had I had never heard of this movie before either, and Ben was just like, "We should do this one." <laughs> it's a real movie. But isn't that interesting? <laughs> one of the first it things certainly was a movie. It's so interesting though that it's like you have like I hadn't heard of it either, but it's like quite like serious guys in it, right? 
But you well, like and and we're uh, Pete and I at least are about exactly the right age to have sort of been aware of this movie and to have enjoyed this movie at the time. And I yeah I didn't know it happened either. The biggest red flag for me before we even started was um, it's ninety six minutes long, and that's pretty much always a bad sign, right? Even Beastmaster Two through the Portal of Time is ten minutes longer. So before we watched this movie, I had never heard of it, so I decided to watch uh, the trailer. And honestly, I thought that the trailer was really fun. I, I didn't, I didn't read the the pitch on Amazon or anything. I didn't know about the horse dying until it happened. Um, but I thought that the trailer was fun. I was like, oh my gosh, where does the poop go? This seems like the silliest, craziest movie, and it was incredibly convoluted. I thought that. I think all of the individual actors are great and they're funny, but for some reason they didn't, I don't know if they didn't get enough time together on, on screen to interact with each other. It was just a bunch of like little vignettes that didn't really fit together and they weren't integral to the story and they weren't funny by themselves. I don't know. It was... There was a lot going on <laughs> with this movie. Well, I thought this movie was great, and you're all jerks. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. This movie was awful. Um, <laughs> no, I, I had also never heard of this movie, and it w- came out right when Ben and I were graduating from high school. Um, so I feel like I would have been very cognizant of movies coming out in that era, because that's all we did was just go see movies. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's so bizarre. And I think Ben and I were talking about, about this at lunch the other day, the characterizations of our main protagonist are wrong. Ben Stiller is, is not a person that you root for. He's just, he's just kind of a jerk. There's nothing that, that redeems him in any factor and jack black's character is just way too nice and i I could see where they were going for that dynamic it just it doesn't work for a movie in my eyes and uh yeah i think everything that i could say has been said before me yeah i actually did see this movie in theaters in theaters even in 2004 when it came out i think the story is that like it was testing really bad with test audiences, and they were just going to put it on DVD. Um, and then, like, School of Rock happened. Uh, and so that was, like, such a huge hit that they were like, oh, well, we've got a movie with Jack Black in it. Let's put it in theaters. And, like, no, it still didn't do good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, I think f- its biggest sin is it's just super boring. Like, um. There's even this like the one of the few things I liked was the fun funny little songs they had to it, um, and the lyrics of the end credit song say something like uh, no ex- it, no I actually wrote them down I say something like but I wrote them down um, <laughs> no explosions no car chases no shootouts to be found simple tale of envy twerk nothing too profound and like I don't I don't need explosions and car chases but maybe don't brag about how boring your movie was like in the movie. <laughs> um, can I just can I just give some of my like uh my like big criticisms off my dome here off my dome? Yes, you may. We'll kind of like bounce like like I, I'm I'm taking the ball and I'm turning it back around. We're gonna shoot it back through you guys. I'm gonna cut that. That made no sense. <laughs> that was a really weird thing to say. So Ben has the ball right now, and Keep then he's in. gonna give it to us. Um, right. the, the big thing is like this movie isn't about envy for one thing. Yeah, exa- yeah. right, exactly. Completely agree. It's about regret. And it's not even really, a, even if you make the argument that those two things are similar, this movie isn't really about envy. It's about this one guy's envy, and I don't care about that. Like, and all of all of the things that happen to him to cause his envy are his own actions and his own fault. And, and none of the things he loses are things I can relate to. Like, now you don't get your bean-shaped swimming pool? Like, I don't. I'm not the gonna number cry of you. times, the number of times that they specifically say bean-shaped swimming pool in the movie. Yeah. Anyway, continue. I, I think they thought that was really, really funny, and it's it's not funny at all. It's not. It's really not. But beans are hilarious. They make yeah. people. Oh yeah, I forgot. Actually, you're right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if if the swimming pool were filled with beans, <laughs> then we might have something. 
That would have been funny, at least. It would have been absurd and nonsensical, but I honestly would have taken just a, like, <clears throat> Anchorman-style string of unrelated stupid jokes over this movie. Like, that would have been watchable, at least. Um, but, like, yeah, I don't care about uh, Ben Stiller's troubles. The the character. No, I don't remember his character's name, but <laughs> I don't. I do care Tim? a little bit about... It was, it was Tim. You're right. I think it is Tim. Um, yeah, Tim's, like, supposed to be the straight man. He's supposed to be this, like, every man, but I don't identify with him at all. Um, well, no, you know what? I did. I did do it, like, like one time. They almost got it. Right at the beginning, I actually felt it in my gut when he, like, didn't back Jack Black's, like, seemingly stupid idea that really did seem dumb and then, like, missed out on the success and the wealth. I would actually regret that. It would make me feel bad. But I don't think it would. I would, let, like, ruin everything in my life, become, like, a huge toxic person. Look, he was a bad friend, and he didn't support his friend, his best friend in the world, and he deserved everything he got. Anyway, continue. But, like, he had a great job and a great family and a nice house, and, like, he only lost those things through his own, like, shitty actions where he treated his friend terribly. And I I think, I, yeah, well, that's, that's kind of, like, my big ones, is that, like, I just, I didn't care enough about Jack Black and and uh, his family either because they didn't like let him be enough of a lovable goofball at the beginning I didn't get to know the guys before the bad stuff happened so I didn't mourn their friendship even though this movie did not need to go on any longer than it did I totally agree with that I think I think it was about the setup like there was just no setup just stuff just happened and you didn't know who these guys are or he didn't care at all and Ben Stella was just being a dick and who cares <laughs> yeah I'll tell you who cares Christopher Walken Christopher Walken cares way more about these people's lives than we do. <laughs> yeah. Right, Christopher Walken was so weirdly involved in this guy's life. It's like he had absolutely nothing else to do but be in every part of this random stranger's life. Am I the only one who thought that maybe he wasn't real? Yes, I mean, no, you're not. I also thought that. <laughs> that might have made it interesting, maybe. And, you know, that was what was so weird to me about, I mean, just the basic rules of storytelling. Like, you have this guy who comes in and gives him advice to change his course, and then normally that person doesn't, like, stay massively involved in, like, the rest of the story and cause a lot of trouble and stuff. It's like, okay, he said that thing in the bar, now he's changed his life. But uh, he was, like, then a main character throughout the rest of it. But also, like, but, but hang on, there's a story about him, and and his well, it sort of turns into it being about him, doesn't it? Like he's he's like really important, and then blackmailing him in all sorts. And he's even in the very last scene with the dumb flan sale, uh, pocket size flan or whatever it is in the in the closing credits. He's there too, and he's friends with them now or something. I the the scene after um, after Tim accidentally shoots. I don't even remember Jay. What was his name? Christopher Walken. Oh, uh, J-Man. J-Man. When he accidentally shoots the J-Man and he's just running around with this arrow in his back and he goes and he runs up to that car with the kids in it. I don't know why. We, We had a watch party where we were all watching this movie and I'm not... Okay, yes, I am. I'm I'm kind of a little bit of a pansy. I get scared pretty easily. And I screamed out loud like three times during that scene. It was terrifying. I don't know why they needed that. Just another example of a weird, disjointed, bizarre bit that makes no sense in the rest of the film. I feel like almost every scene was a little bit like, did they need that bit? Yeah, but that's what's so weird. The guy directed Rain Man. He's an Oscar winner, Oscar winning director. And he was just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, just do stuff. And uh, it's almost like all of them were just, we just do not care. Do some stuff and let's just go home. Well, it, it feels to me like the script was sort of being written while it was happening. And they must have, as you say, they, uh, I guess it tested badly. Maybe they massively re edited it too, because there's sort of things that are introduced that, well, there are things that happen that haven't been introduced yet. You're like, they sort of assume that you know. Like the horse shows up to his house. The blooming horse, the white horse, uh, is outside Ben Stiller's house. And they're complaining about the fact that it's uh, pooing on the lawn the whole time. And like, they have this whole thing before you even know that it's Jack Black's horse that's doing it. So it's like this weird, strange, like you would never write it like that. So I can only assume that things were edited all in a weird way to try and make this terrible film make some sense should we uh can i can i throw some some thoughts at you please 
So my my I have kind of uh, I have four main issues with this film. Start with a third. The th- okay, the third is that I hate Ben. Always Stiller. start with a third. Yeah, the third is that I hate Ben Stiller. <laughs> I'm gonna just 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 in just in case. <laughs> Just in case any of you are friends with him, I'm going to come after him quite hard here. No, I don't like anyone else named Ben, so. Uh, ben Stiller, if you're listening, please take offense to this. Continue, people. Please, you can f- feel free to email me, Ben, and and uh, explain yourself. So I don't, I don't, I generally don't like Ben Stiller as as an actor. I There are some films that he's in that I like. Like, uh, was he in Dodgeball, right? And things like that. But I don't like his getting angry thing that he does in a lot of films. I don't think it's funny. I think it's charmless. I think that he's, he, like you were saying before, you don't, you don't root for him. He's not, you're not sympathetic to him. He's not, it's not funny either. And there's just a lot of Ben Stiller basically doing nothing. Uh, sorry, say, saying nothing, doing a lot, but saying nothing and just being on screen. And I just don't find it interesting, engaging, fun to watch. I just don't like the fact that he was in this. So if you edited him out of the whole movie, I'd probably prefer it. Um, and it would also then be about like 25 minutes long so that's fine too I kind of feel like I know what you mean about Ben Stiller I don't think I hate him as much as you do but I'm I'm getting there and I'm actually starting to hate him more now that you've explained it in that way but I think that if you were sympathetic to the character then you would you you I think his getting angry you'd kind of be on board with a bit more but like, like in Meet the Parents or whatever like he's you know you're sympathetic to his his the stuff he's been through but um, in this, yeah, he, he starts off sort of um, thinking that his friend's an idiot for having this dumb idea. And then it immediately jumps to just him being angry all the time. There's like, there's no personality or character or anything to sort of uh, have any empathy for there. So yeah, who, I think I'm on board on that one. Who, who says, I, oh, I got into acting because of Ben Stiller? Do you know what I mean? Like who was like, this guy was my idol. Just his, the, the way that he gets really angry all the time was just amazing. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I did not enjoy watching him uh, for this hour and a half of my life. When when Ben Stiller went on that twenty five minute rant to, oh my gosh, when they were sitting on that fountain and he was just like, yeah, and you just had this nice thing, and then your horse, and he just kept going and going and going. It was so annoying. Oh my gosh, it was sort of exhausting. It went on so long. It felt like they they. I think there are a kind of a couple of weird cuts in that, and I kind of feel like they thought, right, we don't really have a climax to the film. This has kind of got to be the emotional climax, so let's do some reshoots and like just do more of that, and let's just do lots and lots and lots of that. Speak as fast as you possibly can. Uh, it's meant to be funny, but and then he says, he says to Jack Black, uh, he sort of admits, "I was envious the whole time. I was so envious of you," and that's the first time in the movie that I that anyone sort of talked about envy at all or shown any any evidence of envy because. He wasn't envious. He was just angry the whole time. He, he didn't want any of Jack Black's stuff. He didn't seem to want Jack Black's life. He was just, um, yeah, just angry. That's actually, if I could piggyback on that, just real quick. I know you're you're in the middle of your your 95 theses here. Um, but you're, uh, <laughs> th- this is actually one of my, like, big ideas to swap. Like, one of my big rehash ideas, my remake ideas, is... Um, uh, like yeah, like you said, watching Tim's anger like simmer and eventually explode is uncomfortable. It's not funny. Um, but like, if you and I, and I actually, I kind of like Ben Stiller. I know that he's easily not not liked, and I don't, I don't have any interest in like arguing with you, like because like yeah, <laughs> fight, you're not fight, wrong. Fight. Like, ben Stiller is great. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but I kind of like him, uh, and I actually. While the taste don't taste my pants scene was not a very good joke, I watched it and I was like, "Yeah, these guys kind of had some chemistry," and I just thought, like, just swap them, swap them. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd really love to watch Jack Black like, like do his energetic frustration thing, like, and be jealous. Like that would be really funny. And I and you mentioned dodgeball earlier, and the reason he's fun in that movie is because he's a villain. And, like, God, it'd be so funny to watch Ben Stiller walk around with this, like, shit-eating grin and this, like, unearned confidence. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, I absolutely. Like that. Uh, that would be it's a brilliant idea. That would be so much better. And then, But then, you see, then, then I just think that would have been such a good movie because then you would have had, like, you would have known what kind of movie that is. It would be, like, the hapless, like, like zany, Steve Martin kind of guy, kind of, you know, try, being envious. And that would be really funny. 
but they decided to make it the not funny. I, th- I kept thinking if this was a movie where it was like, what if Jack Black wasn't funny? That's what this movie is. That's, that was the original title, actually, I think. But I, I, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. And I, I also think that part of the problem is here, like you, like someone mentioned before, sorry, I can't remember who, Jack Black in this, Jack Black's character, he's a really nice guy and he's really generous and he's really forgiving and he has this dumb idea, but it turns out to be a good idea and he actually works really hard at it and it's a huge success and he's share, happy to share his wealth and whatever. So, but he's, so how can you be rooting for the other guy? Like we should be really be rooting for Jack Black, right? And then it's funny that he kills his horse or something. Like that's not funny. So it was not. Yeah, I was appalled when that happened. I was like, "Oh my gosh, how could this happen? How could they have him kill a horse?" And then, like at the end, it's like, "Oh, whatever." But I was not. I was not. It was. I was not laughing. It was not funny. (laughs) Well, that's to be honest. That's actually one of my other complaints. Is that it's it's kind of that's what I feel is kind of like an arrogant movie because they made it and they were like. Okay, what, what can, what's a good plot device? I know he kills an animal like accidentally, and it's and it's like a whole funny thing that sets up a whole act. So much of the uh, plot hinges on the horse dying. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge and, amount and, of the film, and then later on, when you're like, okay, how's he going to get out of this weird thing where he's like killed a horse and had to hide it? How's he going to get out of that? Oh, I know. Let's murder someone else. Let's uh, let's kill the let's kill the uh, the Christopher Walken character. How do you how do you fix a murder in a story with more murder? It was just weird. It, it's really weird. I feel like you could kill a horse and it still be funny, though. <laughs> like this. Well, the, the, I was I was going to say that, like, obviously, it's not funny to kill a horse. Let's just get that out. Sure. There. But, <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I mean, Dumb and Dumber is a poor comparison because it's a totally different film. But, like, you could do something in a film like Dumb and Dumber, and it's sort of obviously meant to be so silly that it's it's a different kind of thing when you kill a horse in a film like that. When you kill a fo- horse in a film like this that doesn't really know what it is anyway. Um, it's described seemingly as a black comedy, which is not correct. Uh, it's just weird because it's like, why is that part? And also the thing about killing the horse, he doesn't even do it on purpose. It's not because he's envious. It's because he just shoots the arrow in the wrong direction, right? So it's yeah. unrelated to the plot. And then and then a, a third of the entire movie is about the horse, which isn't anything to do with envy. It's just the accidental thing that happened. <laughs> it's like, who cares? And then he finally comes clean about it, and Jack Black's like, "Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I forgive you." Yeah. Right. It so was, like it was just my favorite thing in the whole world, but whatever. Did anyone else think that maybe I had this weird moment, and maybe it's because, as I say, my brain was, had just sort of left the room by this stage in the film. But I, I kind of thought that somehow at the end the horse was going to be alive still or something. I did too, but nope. It was really weird <laughs> the whole time. But no, it's floating down the river instead. <laughs> it, it, they teased that bloated corpse. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. When again, it wasn't hilarious. on top of the <laughs> no, when it wasn't on top of the car anymore, I was like, oh, okay, so maybe it's just gonna like it was just in a coma or something. Yeah, I thought maybe the poo spray had like helped it to survive or like I don't know something. But it that would have been it, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just terrible. Yeah, oh, another movie, uh, Animal House. They kill a horse in Animal House and like Right, right. And that scene where they like they like it's still in the office when they're being berated and those guys come in and like right. rip up the chainsaws is a riot. <laughs> it's a yeah, but it's a totally different but in that, that, I mean, although that movie's kind of, in a way, it's all over the place, it knows what it is as well. Like at this, at this, I just think that's probably the biggest problem. It, it's not clear what, I don't know. It feels like a, like a different crew came in every day and filmed a little bit of a different kind of comedy and just sort of stitched it all together. So we can establish that if you're going to kill a horse, know what your movie's about. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not. Yeah, that's it. They took killing the horse flippantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta commit. You gotta commit. To well, there, it. There's the bit where he says, "Oh, and then I shot the bum, but he hardly felt it." And you're like, "Sorry, you're talking about you're talking about maiming a homeless person for no reason, and it's just like a right. throwaway fun joke." Uh, it's very 2004. It is very 2004. It's just, it's just, but it's, but, but again, it's just not funny. The way they do it just also isn't funny. It's just weird. Mm. Yeah, I'm quite angry now. <laughs> just just right. talking about it's got your dander up H- humanity oh, was dear. at its worst in 2004 apparently <laughs> um pete just a quick question yeah. can i just sorry just really quickly pete do you hate ben stiller more or or less than james corden because i think it's going to be close oh 
Well, Uh-oh. here's an interesting point. We, we I, hate James Corden, by the way. Well, he's casted in our next series, so... <laughs> I, I think the problem with both of them is the same for me, which is that you're not sympathetic towards them. And I know that he, James Corden is a very extremely successful people who, uh, who are doing very well for themselves. But I, don't, I, I feel like there's something sort of nasty in their eyes when they're doing these... I, just don't, I don't think you're sympathetic to them. So this is why Ben Stiller won't do our podcast. I keep telling you, that's the only, literally the only reason. I need to cool down about this. If you see graffiti around the place about Ben Stiller, it's uh, it's me. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I'm sure yeah. he's very nice. I'm sure he's very nice. I uh, I think. Not, I, I, do you know what? I, I, you know I, what? I don't think. I think he's. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, you know, I, know I think the problem is, like I said about this being an arrogant movie, I sort of feel like one of the problems with, with Ben Stiller in terms of being funny is he, he's, he was so successful and so popular and such a big deal that actually it's very hard then to tell someone like that, you know that thing that you do, can you sort of not do that this time and let's do it a bit differently? Because right. yeah. then they just do their thing. I kind of, I kind of think that uh, I, I, and somewhere in my head, I compare him to Jason Bateman a little while, a, a, a little bit, because I, I love what Jason Bateman does, and he always does the same. He's basically always the same character, right? But it works really well. Um, he's basically always always the same. But like, I think you still have to be in a good movie. Like you can, I think you can get away with basically doing the same thing all the time. Even Jack Black, but the movie around you has got to be pretty good. I mean, Harrison Ford's been doing it for years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, to a certain extent, so is Tom Cruise, you know, like that you can do kind of your thing and it can be, it doesn't even have to be that good. It's just it can be solid, but the rest of the movie has to work. Do you want to hear my uh, theory on on acting? Oh, right. Well, I, I don't know. I was hoping you were going to say no, so I didn't actually have to explain it. But let me uh, <laughs> let me tell you my th- my theory on acting is that actually a lot of the people that people think are the best actors are actually just talking, but they've got a good voice, so people like them, like George Clooney. Do you know what I mean? I think that's definitely true with George Clooney. You could, I love you, him, George, but you're right. He, he just talks. You could just say whatever he wants. You'd be like, what an amazing actor. That guy's great. I I don't know if I agree with that 100%. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's <laughs> true for everybody, far, but I think you're right. That, I think what you well, I, what I would just take that to the level to say that some people get away with being really successful yeah, by true. just talking well. I, I, I can agree with that. I agree with that. So that yeah. Like James Corden. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah. You know who I do <laughs> comment. You know who I do like is Rachel Vice. I oh, think, I love Rachel Vice. I think she is amazing. I think she was by she's far always the, good. Yeah. she's always good. She was good in this. She was by far the best person in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the with the smallest part, the smallest yeah. nothing and part. Distra- I, and did you notice? Which also, that, didn't make sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, it didn't make course. any sense at all. Did you also notice that basically most of the time she was just cleaning and tidying up and folding clothes and yep. not really doing anything and just sort throwing of throwing things away. In. Yeah. talking about kitchen utensils which was quite interesting and I don't know if this if Jensi if you had an opinion on this I was wondering but I actually felt like the women in the film had pretty much uh, were, were very relegated to just someone sort of saying something in the background to the to the other two and actually men all the other guys were just were just dudes kind of messing everything up yeah absolutely I also agree with that um, I was thinking about that especially with Amy Poehler's character it was really weird to me that First of all, Amy Poehler and, and Rachel Weisz didn't really get any screen time together. And um, Amy Poehler also didn't really get much screen time with anyone else. Every time it talked about her, it was just like her, like off it, to herself. In, in another room. Right. Mm. And um, she was just the butt of her own joke in every single scene. But she wasn't really a part of the movie, which I, I felt wasn't fair to her because she's hilarious and amazing. I love Amy Poehler too. I, I think I think she was poorly served by this. And there are a couple of bits where I think you sort of had a little bit of a hint of her being able to do something good with the material. It wasn't her fault, but it's just there was nothing there. And the whole dumb political thing, it just didn't work at all. And it just, why, why are we, what is this? Like the climax of the movie is sort of them at her rally or whatever. Like, where did that come from? Who cares? I have no idea. <laughs> ben had... Ben had a good theory about yeah, this. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my remake ideas. I'm going to I'm going to um I wanted like Weiss and Polar to have their own subplot instead of just them piggybacking on their husband's plot and like not really being part of it. Yes. Um yeah. I wanted to give the Jack Black family something to be jealous of, which is that like Rachel Weiss was running for office at the beginning of the movie and is actually pretty qualified for it. Like she's smart and qualified and Polar in, uh, once Polar is rich, like just have the envy drive her to use like sheer wealth to try to beat Weiss, and like also have this like uh, 
This like this like battle that envy has like fueled. That's brilliant. I I, I think I think you're thinking about this like a proper film. I think that's the problem here, though, <laughs> because what, what what you're thinking about is it makes a lot of sense because you're thinking about well, look, how about the envy isn't just the angry guy versus the dumb guy, but there's like lots of different envy situations happening throughout the film. That's a much much richer, better idea. But um, yeah, I think you're thinking about the wrong film. I'm afraid. <laughs> Honestly, though, I would like to interject. I really liked the uh, the camaraderie between the female characters, the tiniest little bit that we got. And I get that Rachel Weisz's character was just doing it because she wanted to keep her money or whatever. Um, but I really liked that she was there to help Amy Poehler's character. I don't remember any of their characters' names, but I really liked that she was there to help Amy Poehler's character and to back her politically. I mean, the whole thing was was silly and ridiculous and didn't belong in the movie. But that specific part, I did like that. I liked that they weren't being just like extra competitive and and bitchy toward one another. They were actually they had some female camaraderie. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I I, I was um, actually keeping my eyes open through the movie to see whether or not it would you know fail the test of whether whether two women talk to each other about. About anything, and, and I thought it was going to fail in the most spectacular fashion when Amy Poehler goes to do her canvassing, and she says something to the woman who answers the door, and the woman go, looks over her shoulder and asks her husband, who's off the screen, for an opinion. <laughs> yeah, who, who are we were voting for again? Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, but no, that was that was the one nice bit, wasn't it? When when she's when she's locked in the in the bathroom, right, and then she um, mm-hmm. and she kind of gets her out. Yeah, that was nice. So, like, a window that I have is that, like, yeah, it, it, most of the reviews I've seen have said, like, this is just one long poop joke, and that's not funny. And, like, yeah, I kind of agree that, like, poop jokes are funny and like, Jackbox and apples to apples, but don't make a whole movie off of them. But the one funny poop <laughs> right. joke, I actually loved that old lady. She's the best actor in the whole movie. And her just going, <laughs> okay, but where does it go? They gotta go somewhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I actually, like, cracked up at that pretty good. Um, right. Well, that was a weird ongoing thing. Right? Yeah. They kept saying, like, where does it go? And and I honestly thought that the final scene was going to be, you know, it it starts raining rain from the poop sky. on them or yeah. something. <laughs> uh, like, which would have... But there was no conclusion. It's like, well, it just disappears. Like, uh, that's it. They never Except really... That. Yeah, they never really tell Maybe that was set up for goes. the sequel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so that there's that last scene with the doctor, right? And they gave the doctor, like, a thick foreign accent. What was oh, that? They, well, I'll tell you what it was. It was they finally realized that their movie wasn't funny. And, uh, like, they're trying to cover up the fact that Corky being poisoned to death and washing up as a bloated corpse and having a doctor, like, have to, like, cut him open and analyze him. They were like, wow, this isn't funny. I guess we'll be kind of racist here and just have her have a foreign accent and have all the characters not understand what she says. And, like... Yeah, pan- panicked racism. Yeah. That's like just do a, a, a an accent joke. Like it's just pathetic. <laughs> Ugh. And then and then why would anyone buy pocket flan from them? Aren't those two guys like famously disgraced? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. they kill that horse we saw in the river last week? Uh, I think I think that actually feels like the only thing that was realistic in the whole movie, given the uh, the way the world is going. That you can just like you well, can just they, completely no destroy care. everything and then just be like, hey, buy this thing from me. Do we need to quickly have a quick chat about how you pronounce the word that word, F L A N? Yes, because I don't understand it. I'm afraid, being from this side of the uh, Atlantic, uh, is it flan or flan? Because <laughs> <laughs> they say both in this movie. I would and say I don't know what's going. I on. would say since it's a Spanish language thing, it's probably f- closer to flan. But um, right. Because we have a thing called flan over here, which is a totally different uh, thing. It's like an open, it's like an open fruit tart, right? Which is totally different. But to that point, in both of our places, there is a specific way to serve that thing, and if you don't serve it that way, it's not that thing anymore. You can't just stick it in a gogurt tube <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's called gogurt here. I don't know. I don't know what it's called in the. Well, I, I was I just love thinking toothpaste, to be honest. But yeah, gogurt's brilliant. We need gogurt over here. It's just a little if anyone's listening, can you bring gogurt wait, wait, wait. to the UK? It, it is called. What, I have to Google it. What is gogurt in the UK? Is, do you guys have anything like that where you just have? Well, like 
yogurt uh, in a tube? No, oh, uh, I think we I think we do for kids fruits, maybe. Fruits, like, fruits, we have yeah, fruits. Fruits, yeah, yeah, fruits, yeah. Fruits is what gogurt is. There, it's the exact same okay, thing. Just, uh, That's brilliant. Just oh, right, okay. okay. Well, it's definitely marketed like I think purely at kids here, but I'm going to mm. start buying it. Oh, it is here too, but adults do it all the time. Oh, fine. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, I, oh, speaking of food, I laughed one time when watching this movie, which was when Christopher Walken was talking about pretzels. <laughs> and there's one I think I think it's the only good line in the movie when he says um, when he's talking about his pretzel he says a, a quality pretzel doesn't need salt and that's a fact and that's the only bit <laughs> the only bit I laughed at ever since watching it in theaters in 2004 my entire life I've quoted good for you good for you <laughs> yeah, that was quite good I thought the breakout see, line of the movie that's, they should have just let Christopher Walken do more stuff like that because I, I feel like they kind of neutered his natural Christopher Walkenness. Somehow they managed to make him like kind of boring most of the time. When in every other movie, when he's actually trying to do a different character, he, he's amazing. But in this, somehow they just like took it all away and just sapped it. I, he did have a couple of good lines. Though. Another one I liked was when ben, ben Stiller said um, said to him, "What time is it?" And he said, "What kind of a question is that?" And it's like, that's actually kind of a brilliant way to, to do that. But they didn't let him do enough of that kind of thing. They just sort you know the of, bit I don't where, know, the bit where he's in what it was. He's when he's in his bedroom for some reason. And there's a whole hiding in yeah, the cupboard in the, bit. In the, it's, in the toilet. It yeah. suddenly felt to me like, um, it felt to me like they, the Christopher Walken had just shown up on set and was like, oh, I'm in this movie. And, and they're like, all hey, like, come and do uh, this. What? And then they just basically acted and he had no script. And that's why he was sort of just sort of wandering around, sort of saying things which weren't very funny. And they were trying to sort of act around him. And I love Christopher Walken, but like that was, it really felt like that. Like he was like, what, 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 what's happening? Like you were you actually meant to be in this? It honestly could, yeah. felt that way to me too. I had the, I think I even said that out loud when we were having our watch party. I was like, does he even have a script or is he just saying stuff here? <laughs> I forgot to send him the script. I, 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 I almost feel like maybe that character, like I think Pete, you said earlier, like he should, it would make sense if he was just in one scene, just this like weird guy, Christopher Walken pops up and like changes the whole direction of the movie. That kind of makes sense. You either do that or you make him a proper character, but he's sort of this weird in-between guy. You don't really know what's going on with them the whole time. And yeah, the, the thing at the... The, the place he has in the forest or whatever, and then helping Ben Stiller so much with the disposal of the horse. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. With this device, I can place this horse on top of any object. I mean, that's a, that's a line <laughs> for the ages, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone always quotes that. I feel like the same thing with Jack Black. I feel like Jack Black was constantly scolded for being Jack Black, and so therefore like he didn't get to be Jack Black in this movie. <laughs> yeah, be less Jack Black. Um, Christopher Walken, can I give you one of my one of what well, I would I would uh, one of my rewrites? Yes. So uh, we've also seen, seen Twin Peaks. Well, so uh, he the, kind the of good parts of Twin Peaks, at least the good parts of Twin Peaks. Okay, so <laughs> the, the, the first one, yeah. So he kind of reminded me of Bob from Twin Peaks in the way that he was <laughs> yes. kind of like, yeah. And I kind of thought, what if he was like some weird agent of chaos who just inhabits different subjects, and eventually, through just hanging out with Ben Stiller so much, he just sort of absorbs. Christopher Walken and just becomes this absolute maniac who just goes around destroying everybody's lives. But then Ben Stiller becomes it and starts to wreck Jack Black's life and uh, and Rachel Weisz's life. Wow, wow! Mm. So adding adding sort of a sort of an evil poltergeist uh, element to it, I, I like that. Yeah. I had a I had a similar thought uh, akin to that, but it was that Christopher Walken's character was the embodiment of envy itself. Ah, great. Well, there you go. See, that's a concept that could actually make sense somehow. But but the things that he was getting, he was the ways in which he was steering Ben Stiller's character weren't, again, weren't really about envy at all. Uh, I had a point, separate from all of that, about um, just weird, uh, weird camera stuff they do. Because, first of all, just quickly, why on earth do they go to Italy? That whole thing about going to Italy was completely random. I feel like there must have been more to that originally, and they just sort of did this really quick montage and then did a whole load of willy jokes with the prime minister in the hot tub or something. Like, what was that? What was that? Like, they had all of the stuff about going to Italy just to make the jokes about how big they're... Anyway, um, but when they got to Italy, 
they had this this weird montage of of the different shots of them like meeting the people and showing off the poop spray and it, they all of a sudden had these weird like sepia tones and strange angles and like sort of grainy footage and stuff and it's like there's not been nothing in the film like that up to this point it was very very strange and then another bit when they're getting rid of the horse there's like a sped up thing where it's like all like silly and there's like running around like an old movie all sped up like what those were just completely out of place with everything else and i feel like Whoever was in the editing booth that day just like got the wrong notes or something. I saw that on my second watch. The weird speed up thing. Yes. Yeah. What was that? So <laughs> this weird. This whole movie was. While well, they're just playing like that, that, like, it was like just completely so disconnected. Eight, they're playing that completely atonal song behind it. I don't remember what it was, but um, yeah. Oh, it's Valderi, so- Valdera, and like I was like, yeah. a dead horse just fell off the back of this car. <laughs> and then also about that song, just quickly, Christopher Walken later claims to have sung that song but actually it was a song that was playing in the background of the scene right so that's a really surreal thing for him to say <laughs> that he was singing it because it wasn't it was actually just in the soundtrack like what is going on i was gonna let me give you uh, i've got another i've got another um re reboot version of this right let's say the the only character I liked, I actually liked, was Rachel Weiss because she was supposed to. They were supposed. To, she was supposed to be bad, but you actually. I was like, well, you know what you want, and you know, you're doing your thing. So, what if the whole movie was actually just about Rachel Weiss just trying to get along and be a good parent and holding the household together, and meanwhile, all these other idiots are just sort of running around and sort of goofing off and being like, oh no, you know, the the horse and the flan and all this stuff, and she's just like, I don't have time for this, and actually, the movie is just about her just living her normal life while just randomly people just kind of run like a farce like people just sort of randomly run into the room and go oh no the horse and run off like i would have much preferred watching that and just being her getting really annoyed like in um like in falling down or something where she's just like just slowly going mad because all these idiots around her are just off on some other planet but she's just stuck in it Mm. i'm here for this i really liked um at the beginning when uh ben stiller's character was talking to her and they were they were all in that little bug net thing or, or whatever. And um, uh, Jack Black was like, "Oh, you didn't tell her about vaporize," and and he told her about it. And Rachel Weisz was like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." Like it just really seemed like she was kind of the mediator a lot of time. I agree. I think that would have been cool if they had really played that up. I thought that was a really funny bit as well when the um, Amy Poehler and Rachel Weisz. I mean, not for a character reason, but just for sort of a funny scene, the way that they react to the idea. that, that That's sort of the only thing where I think the, the whole setup kind of worked because it was annoying Ben Stiller that Amy Poehler and Rachel Weisz both thought it was a good idea, even though there was nothing to the idea apart from the name. And that was really annoying him. That kind of never translated to the rest of the movie, but that was at its essence what it should have been the whole time, right? But yeah, it never paid off. Um, I had an idea for a, a, a remake as well. Um, so I think the horse should have been revealed at the end to have never existed. And, and so Ben, Ben Stiller's like worried about it and driving himself crazy, but it was actually like, uh, him going a bit crazy. It was like a metaphor for him killing his own dreams or his friendship or his envy or something. And also Christopher Walken didn't exist either. And actually none of the characters existed except for Ben Stiller's boss at the sandpaper factory. And the whole thing was like a dream he was having in his lunch break. That's where I saw this going. In the in the pitch meeting, what do you think? In the pitch meeting, they went to three M and were like, "So this this movie about basically this horse, they they murder this horse, but don't worry about it. Uh, this a lot of other stuff, funny stuff happens. Well, how much is because there's this flan joke, so it's okay. There's a flan joke. There's like there's like you know casual racism and whatever, and you know and like how do you how do you pitch this to someone for for for, uh, for support? Also, can we just? I, I don't think we've talked enough about how half of this entire movie was just a horse heist, like. What what was that? Like I don't understand. Like how, that, that was that what the movie was? Because I think you could have done a much. I think I think it. I think originally it wasn't. I think I think originally that was probably meant to be a, 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 a like a half the length. But it just feel because it's so short. I, the whole thing. I, I just feel like that was probably extended because they thought, well, we're going to have to make the horse thing the main thing because otherwise there's not really a plot to this movie. I do not understand why they couldn't have just kept the horse buried in the bean pool. Why why did they remember. have to take it out of the bean remember. pool and then drive it across town if they had buried it in I 
Was it was it I like a Telltale be- Heart where it was just like the horse's heart was beating, yeah. beating underneath the bean pool, and like he had to get rid of it? <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's because of Christopher Walken's lie that he was there surveying, and that they couldn't put the pool there, but they were going to try again. Right. I might um, be, I might be uh, wrong about that. There's a there's lot a hallmark of a good. I guess. Yeah, it's a hallmark of a good movie when you need to have a two-hour discussion to figure out what the what the, uh, what the, like the main whole, thing. main thing about it was. <laughs> I would watch an animated version of this film where the horse is the lead character, and when uh, when the man, the Ben Stiller man, uh, shoots the horse, then all the other horses uh, kind of come and, and sort of helping him. And then it's a kind of like a it's basically like a horse movie. Uh, but with the, with the three M sponsorship, I think the thing that's sort of frustrating to me as well is that I don't think this should be that difficult a film to make. I mean, you can make a sort of not very good film with this. I forget about the horse, but like about a you know hardworking straight laced guy works hard, and his dumb lazy coworker gets uh, gets really rich, and it's sort of an, I, there's something in that. You could it seems to me like you could make like a kind of normal not very good film, but with this, they just took it in such strange directions that it's like there's no basis in anything anymore. Like I don't even know what what I'm what scale we're using to define whether this is good or not. Like I I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think I think you guys even said in one of the previous episodes, you know, there's a there's a movie out for every movie that you talk about, no matter how terrible you think it is, it's someone's favorite movie, right? But is this can't be anyone's no, favorite movie? No, no one surely. even remembers this one. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of anyone who enjoyed it. <laughs> what about, you know, the thing that we're saying about how it feels like it's a bunch of different things stuck together. I think I would have watched a movie, which was, if you imagine a camera behind the camera and kind of like the disaster artist or something, it's like this whole thing is going wrong and uh, they've got this script. This one script was written, but then like the director's like nephew wrote another script and they're like, we've got to put some of this in. And then, uh, and then Christopher Walker just shows up on set for no reason. <laughs> And then there was on like they As separately like the the uh, the um you know the um uh, the people who were funding it said we did this whole like horse movie and we and it but it, we had to we had to shut it down because the main guy was drunk all the time but we've got these like horses and all these props and stuff so can you just cram that in there too like I would watch the movie we've got a, ca- we've got a carousel entire, too do you need that yeah just like the entire disaster of this movie happening I would watch the movie of that coming together for sure did anyone else think that their hair looked weird. Both of the main guys. We talked about this. Were they wearing wigs or something? <laughs> like, what is that? Like, were they wearing wigs? Because that didn't look yeah. like Ben Stiller's hair. Yeah. At one point, I I like messaged everyone else, and I was like, "Am I just going crazy, or does this not look like Ben Stiller?" <laughs> and they were like, "Well, his hair is weird." Like what? <laughs> his, his hair is weird. I often can we get back into Ben Stiller? I have a lot more notes about Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah. One one thing that troubles me about Ben Stiller often is I don't like the way they cut his hair quite often. It's always too long at the sides. And this was actually one I'm of the not, first times I didn't mind his haircut in a movie, which is probably why I don't think I, I, I don't think it's his hair. I think maybe, maybe that's, that's why. why. And maybe that's why you thought it didn't look hair. like him. It was a different color and everything too. Yeah. Can you imagine them saying, right, for this movie to work, we've got to give Ben Stiller different hair. Like, otherwise it's just not going to work. He can't have his normal hair. And it, you know, it makes sense. Everything else, about this, is, everything else about this is great. But yeah. are you Literally wedded just to the haircut that you've designed for Ben Stiller? Because I, I um, yeah, an- another thing I, I, I thought was there's... Um, there are several, I mean, the sort of dumbness of, again, movie writing, uh, screenwriting 101, like there are several conversations that happen early on uh, in the, like the kids softball game and the kids um, like school play or whatever it is, uh, that there's, there's absolutely no reason why they're at those locations. Like it doesn't give you anything that's helpful for the plot or for the characters or anything. It's just an excuse for the guys to have a conversation. Like it could have been anywhere. They could have just been sitting in a room with no one else. It's just very bad writing. Just really weirdly bad. Okay. Um, am I the only one who got their kids mixed up? I couldn't tell. Anytime there were kids present, I couldn't tell whose kids they were. I kept forgetting were. Tim had kids. <laughs> Because he barely right? tolerates his and, family. Uh, like, they both had 
two signs? Is that uh, right? Okay, I think as there of, was a daughter, wasn't it? As there? of now, I'm swearing oh. that Tim had one kid and that like Jack Black had like five and one of them was a girl, yes. But I'm sure that's wrong. Uh, yeah, there might have there might have been a daughter. See, I have no idea. I have no idea. And any time they were talking about their kids or they were like sitting around and children were present, I couldn't tell whose kids they were. Ben Stiller definitely had a, at least one son, didn't he? Because he was talking about the flan afterwards. The flan. Yeah, afterwards. he just yells at his kid oh, for an extended right. period of time. Yeah, he's right, he's a very he unhappy man, Ben Stiller's character. Like he was already like in terribly unhappy in his life and his family. So it's sort of, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Like he was already an unhappy guy, it seems. And then his wife just like leaves him like one day, or I don't know, to go and stay with her sister who's called who's called Winsong. What's that all about? Right. We never even got to meet her. They had this whole setup for her. Yeah. And we never even got to meet her. I thought her. maybe this will be someone famous and it'll be some sort of, you know, funny thing. But no, they just let it let it go. And she got real upset at <laughs> Ben Stiller's character for, I don't know what, he, he called her the wrong name He's, or something? Yeah, yeah. That's the part where he calls her sister. That argument is so weird and, like, uncomfortable. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. And he says, like, wind, wind feather or something, which is the wrong name, but, like, not insultingly wrong. Like... <laughs> But yeah, but like, why are we supposed, we're not, we don't know what her name is yet. So like, how can we find that funny as the audience? Like, it's like you're having your private little weird conversation. And then she comes back and she's been convinced by her sister, right? That everything's okay and she should be nice or something. Uh, but like, what, what, like, that's just a very convenient thing to happen. It's just terrible. Also, that's not usually what happens if we're being real. Of course not. Usually, usually the sister is just like, nah, he's trash. Well, Get right, rid of him. yeah. Rather than, yeah, it sounds like he's great. You should definitely, like, you know, just go and forgive him for everything. What if, uh, what if when he shot the horse, what if he started digging up the ground and it turns out there were loads more horses underneath there? Oh, well, I, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I think that's a you better keep, movie you than keep what we watch. Pitching poltergeist, do you know that? Like you guys do. Yes. <laughs> I've got one more yeah. poltergeist. Can I build on the poltergeist on the um, on the um, <laughs> on the idea you that the headstones, but you didn't move the horses? <laughs> I I think I think it would also be interesting if. Um, as you were saying, if uh, Christopher Walken was this kind of like conscience or this or the spirit of envy, but like if it like in a normal movie, the the conscience kind of focuses on that one thing, like oh well, you've got to resolve your envy. But actually, what if actually the conscience just started skewing him off into all this random stuff, like the horse and different things, and Ben Stiller kept having to be no, no. What about like the envy thing? He's like, no, no, no I don't care about that. We're gonna go. We're going to Vegas. We're gonna have fun. <laughs> Make other people envious. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine that the first draft even had the horse in it. I, I really think that that was like a, a later thing that they just thought we've got to have something. They had to because it it just it's just so poor. It just doesn't make any sense because it it's just my, my theory yeah, anyway. is it's the other way around that it was originally supposed to be a like Coen Brothers style farce where it was just a horse heist where they accidentally killed a horse and had to. And kept running into problems trying to cover it up. Yeah, if you make the whole movie about it, it kind of works. (laughs) Then that really is a dark comedy. Trying to get rid of a horse. Yeah, that'd be kind of funny, actually. Rachel Weisz and Amy Poehler have to hide a dead horse. Would have been a really (laughs) funny movie. Oh, my God, I would have watched that. Oh, that would have been amazing. Just call it Horse Heist, the end. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's, yeah, fine. Done. I'm in. Yeah, let's do it. But also in this version, they didn't have to kill the darn horse they didn't have to kill it. he could have like kidnapped it and th- thought it was a good idea or something like you didn't have to just shoot it it's just so there and slowly he becomes friends with the horse and it teaches him humanity what's the horse's what's horse the horse's play. name horseplay who's whose voice is the voice of the horse in that version it's, it's got to be morgan freeman right I, I i was gonna say that too actually <laughs> joe pesci joe pesci we kind of established that Envy doesn't really make him kill the horse. It's just being drunk and having a weapon, which is honestly a pretty good message to not be drunk and handle a bow and arrow. But like, yeah, what if he wasn't drunk and instead like, like opened, like 
in his envy, like op- opened the horse's cage and just like let it run free off into the like, and the horse got lost instead. And then it, like really frees the horse to like come back and like at an inopportune moment and like cause more, you know, there you, go. you know, farce. That's a that's a much better idea. Yeah. Much better idea. As long as we're no, not murdering no. the horse, then the horse has agency. That's it. Yeah. I like that. And, and Ben Stiller could have to pretend that the horse did die and sorry it died or something to try and cover up what happened. But then the horse comes back and he's behind him the whole time when he's giving the speech at the end or something. <laughs> it's just a little horse head just sort of like comes up over his shoulder. I love it. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Do it, in, do it in a Joe Pesci accent. Yeah, that was my Joe Pesci. Sounded just yeah, like thank it. you. Okay. That's good, Yeah. <laughs> I thought that we had Joe Pesci for a second. <laughs> I kind of like Jack Black's bed, his stupid big bed. That's I kind so of thought so that was funny. Big. Yes, but yeah. the amount of shoes in beds in this movie is unconscionable. It is the worst thing, and I hate it. I I have a thing. I don't I don't like shoes on the furniture. Okay. And this movie completely disregarded my feelings on that that matter. Wow. I hadn't watched it with that uh, with that eye. I'm gonna have to rewatch it now. Yeah, they they sell that bed for like a hundred dollars in the auction at the end, and I was like, I would buy it. I have nowhere to put it, but I would buy it. My gosh, I would buy it for it would take up my entire room, probably my entire house. Honestly, that was a giant bed, but for a hundred dollars. Yes. Uh, by the way, I think I, I th- we th- we're pretty sure that our equivalent of flan is uh, we call it the French name creme caramel. Ooh, that sounds good. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, that, I mean, and it's, it doesn't come in toothpaste tubes. <laughs> I well, think I th- neither does neither does flan. I'm pretty sure. Adrian, I think you're you're way too worked up about the flan. <laughs> I just I just I just need to get this straight in my head. I'm, it's been bothering me a lot. No, I'm I'm with I'm with him. For the record, I have no idea how to pronounce it. I don't think anyone does. I've always said flan. Well, because that's what Ben Stiller says in the movie, yeah. and it just feels like I don't know. But I definitely a didn't, lot of. I didn't get it from Ben Stiller. I just I've always <laughs> said it that way. <laughs> so we also um, take some. Uh, we get some rewrite ideas from our audience. Our friend Franz um, said uh, Ben Stiller needs to wear more eyeliner, um, and then also don't have corky dye. And that was "Don't Kill the Horse" was like pretty loud. In our watch party, like "Don't kill the horse," everyone said it was such a weird thing to have killed the horse. It, it wasn't, wasn't funny. funny. Uh, it wasn't interesting. Uh, and our friend Brad wanted Rachel Weiss to have more screen time, which, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we we do on Writers Room, as of the last time we did this, um, is we reveal our next series. Um, and uh, oh my gosh, can Alex! We, can we move into that, Alex? Are you are you ready to do your big reveal? Alex is our director for the next series. Ah, yes. Uh, the next series will be the Dungeons and Dragons movie. <gasps> wow. Did someone gasp in horror? <laughs> no, I gasped in amazement. That's going to be incredible. It's going to be a wild ride. And what's great about it is Ben and Jensi and our guest that we're having on, uh, Kim from the Kata Goodness podcast, they have not seen the movie, and I've made sure that they have not watched it yet. So I'm going to keep the basic plot intact and let them improvise around it. I am so yeah, excited. You know, what, the, what the podcast sphere was really missing was a D&D 5e actual play podcast. There just aren't enough of those. <laughs> so I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Um. We've also we got a Discord server and a Patreon. Um, we'll post a link in the show notes to those things. Um, we have a lot of fun in the Discord. It's where we do our watch parties. We watched this movie before we recorded this episode in it. I think people had a lot of fun, despite the movie. Uh, thanks to Nerdsmith for having us as a friend of the network. Uh, lots of fun shows on that network. Check that out. Um, and thanks again to Pete and Adrian. No yeah, thanks so much all. for having yeah. us. Yeah, it's been an extreme pleasure having you all on this. Gosh, I feel like we're best friends already. I want, I feel, I feel like we should just be on all of the shows together. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, you can find their podcast, Big Meeting with an exclamation point. Uh, pretty much any pod podcatcher, right? And also uh, find out more at bigmeeting.horse, that's, which is that's correct. very fitting. 
Yeah, all the other URLs were taken, so that was the only one left. I, uh, I've, I've, as of now, I've listened to all of Big Meeting, and I'm like so thirsty for more. Oh, great! Well, we have we have another episode hopefully coming in the next week or so. So, um, yeah, don't want to give away too much, but watch this space. The next the Dungeons Dragons episode, our our, our rookie camp episode zero, or whatever you want to call it, will come out on August fifth. Um, so check us out then. And uh, also listen to all of Big Meeting. It's seriously, all of it is good, every minute of it. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having us on. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, kisses. Weren't nothing too profound. Be what you is supposed to be. Telling the truth will set you free. Zubidibop. Hey, that's just me. Doodly up, up, a dee. And